the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will sing a new song, even praise unto my God. Many shall see it and fear the Lord. They shall trust in his name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Today, I want to talk to you about America's biggest problem. Oh, Ron, you singled out one. Just pick one. There are so many. I know, I know. But I want to address this. You know, I, I love... I love the fact that God put the Old Testament there so that we could learn some of their mistakes and some of the things that they did right. And that's the whole idea. You know, the law was a schoolmaster for us to get us started in our righteous walk with God. And the biggest part of the law was to realize that we couldn't keep it. Therefore, it revealed the need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. But I love it that there are examples there. And, you know, I've come to realize if I lived in those days, I would be just like them. We make fun of the Jews, hard-headed, stiff-necked, rebellious and everything. And yet it's, it's not fair to look back at them and judge them because we've got the Holy Spirit of God living inside us, which they never had that opportunity for. But God in his goodness, he's going to give them a second chance. But I want to call a couple of things about the, what's been going on to your uh, attention. The contact tracking, uh, contact tracing, whatever you want to call it, that uh, is going to take away more of your freedoms. It's going to monitor you. It's going to infringe greatly upon your personal freedoms. That has been supported and funded. Actually, it's been funded by you, although Governor Abbott, who's really falling down a lot lately, he has authorized $360 million for the purpose of tracking you down. This is ridiculous. This is the greatest infringement of our personal liberties. The biggest threat, the last threat we had on this scale was Pearl Harbor. That You may not understand it. You may not see it like that. But that's exactly what it is. This is a violation of you on every level personally. They're going to monitor you. They're not only going to monitor you. They're going to call you. They're going to limit what you can do, where you can go, who you can be with. Basically, this is going to put you in jail. And we need somebody to stand up and stop this. And Fortunately, God has risen up a man. His name is Steve Hotze and Dr. Steve Hotze. He's aware of this and he's organizing petitions. I encourage you guys go online, sign up with Dr. Steve Hotze, H-O-T-Z-E, and make your voice heard uh, that we do not want this contact tracing in Texas. Absolutely not. You need to be wise. And, you know, it sounds good. That's how the devil does stuff. It sounds good. Well, you know, it's to protect you from perhaps ever getting the virus if perhaps you had been in contact with someone that had it. This is to protect your loved ones. You know, all this is bogus. I'm sure the brown shirts in Nazi Germany, I'm sure they all had good stuff that they talked about. But understand this and know this. 
The devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy from you. Whether it's a freedom, whether it's a family member, whether it's a faith, whether it's your health, he is after anything that God has given you. And don't forget, your American freedoms, they do not come from your government. They come from your God. And so we need to be on guard against this stuff. The other thing going on, of course, is the uh, the murder of that uh, man up in Minnesota. We're praying for quick justice upon that rogue police officer. I don't know what he was thinking. But what you see going on there, you see all this violence going on. And it's not a protest anymore. It's rioting. And understand something, that these rioters, 70% of the people that are rioting don't live in the area they're rioting, don't live in the place they're destroying. That's why it's such wanton destruction with no restraint. They are paid for it. They are hired by people who are out to destroy America. And just like the contact tracking, which is after your freedoms, so too are you paying for this. We're funding both of them with our money. The government has so much money of yours, we've got to rise up. I tell you, we are on the edge of civil war. Something's about to happen very soon. Be wise. Be prayerful. Christians, we behave in a certain manner. We don't riot. We don't destroy. But everything begins with repentance and prayer. I want you to know this. The very first move of God towards us as people always, it's a move of grace. Amen. Yet, conversely, the very first move we ever make to God has got to be repentance. God's first move towards us is grace. Our first move towards him is repentance. It is so important. I want to talk to you about America's biggest problem. It's going to shock you, and yet it was the problem that Israel had, and that's where we're going to get our wisdom from. That's where we're going to get our insight from. I want to give you the scripture, Jeremiah 23, verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Let me read that slowly again. Woe to the shepherds. Many translations read, Woe to the pastors who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. According to that scripture, Satan isn't destroying the people of Israel. The shepherds are. Satan isn't scattering the Israelites from their homes. The shepherds are. And once again, these are New Testament words here. Shepherd and pester in the Latin literally means shepherd. And so it's applicable to America today also because that's what's happening. If I may, Satan isn't destroying the people in the church. The pastors are. Satan isn't preventing unity in the church. The pastors are. Do you get that? Well, Ron, God's talking about Israel there. You can't take that and talk about the church in America. Don't forget, this stuff is written there. He didn't have to write those scriptures. He didn't have to let us know what was destroying Israel. But he didn't blame anybody. He blamed their destruction from within. He blamed their destruction on pastors and shepherds and prophets and priests that weren't speaking for him, but they were speaking out of his own spirit. Wow, that sounds like our leaders today. Uh, chapter 23 in Jeremiah, verse 11, both the prophet and the priest are godless. Even in my temple, I find your wickedness, declares the Lord. Do you hear what he's saying? Even in the synagogues, even where the people are coming to worship, there are wicked, godless prophets and priests. The priests, they are the picture of the pastors today. We're the priests also. But he's saying, within my own house, there's wickedness. Verse 13, and among the prophets of Samaria, says the Lord, I saw this repulsive thing. They prophesied by Baal or by Satan and led my people Israel astray. That is such a key verse there, right there. And led my people Israel astray. When the prophets are prophesying falsely, when the shepherds are destroying and scattering the sheep, what's happening is we are literally leading the people astray. Many pastors in our churches today, pastors that are greedy of gain, pastors that are living in sin, 
pastors that are prophesying, speaking with a prophetic voice about things that may not happen. You know, this is, it's, it's got the ability to lead our nation astray. It happened in Israel. It's happening in America today. When church leaders tell us that it's going to be okay, when they say America is going to recover, when they say this too shall pass, without ever calling for us as a nation to repent from the sins of abortion, sexual deviancy, and other abominable practices, idol worship, lying, stealing, pride, self-love, when our leaders fail to bring us back from these and other sins, it's not a neutral action. Their failure to call us to repentance, it's not neutral. It has consequences, and those consequences are that they lead us further astray from God. They not only don't do what God's telling us that we should be doing, but they're doing quite the opposite. They are destroying and scattering the people, and they are leading us further astray from God. Mm. You've got to see, that's why they're worthy of double honor, the pastors in America, anywhere, really. They're worthy of double honor because they have a great responsibility. We've been talking about this in our Bible study, wondering, why can't we just get together? Where's the unity in the church? Where's the unity in the body? And one of the ladies, a good friend, Veronica, a wise woman, she just popped out that she thought that the problem was that these pastors have their own agenda. They're looking out for themselves. They're not interested in compromising anywhere concerning their leadership, concerning their authority. I got born again in 1981. I grew up as a Catholic as a kid, but in 1981, I accepted Christ. I was reckless. I was a a drug-involved, drug life, alcohol life, just a life full of sin and rebellion. And I got born again. I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Ghost of God. And we've always had a high respect for our leaders in the five-fold ministry. And yet I know that we have put them on a pedestal. I understand that. And it's important that we recognize they're just men and women just like us. For years, the favorite scripture they were using was touch not God's anointed, meaning you couldn't call them out. You couldn't challenge them. You couldn't say anything bad against them. Well, you know, America loses, I think the number is like, oh, 18,000 pastors a year. It may even be much more than that. Maybe it's uh, 1,800 a month, whatever that translates to be, 12, 18, or whatever, 16. That's over 100,000 pastors a year that are resigning from the ministry. And to me, I think that means that many people are walking in the pastoral ministry that really haven't been called. Because I can't see once God calls you to something, how you could go back. You don't volunteer to be a pastor or a leader, okay? God calls you and he anoints you for the task. Going back here to verse 14, and among the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen something horrible, says the Lord. They commit adultery and they live a lie. Our leaders and our shepherds, they are living lies. They preach on faith. They demand excellence. But we had it manifested during this last three-month crisis exactly where their faith was. It was missing. You know, we celebrated Pentecost on Sunday, Sunday week ago. And it's basically the celebration when God gives the Holy Spirit to the church to be our teacher, to be our leader, to be our guide, to be our advocate. No man comes to the Father except the Spirit of God draw him. He's called the spirit of truth, and yet he has not been allowed in our churches in the last couple of months since they've closed this down. And the problem is we didn't even miss him. We hadn't missed the Holy Spirit of God in our churches because he hasn't really been there because we've been doing our own thing. There's been no manifestation of holiness. There's been zero manifestation of the power of God. And God said that he would confirm his word with signs and wonders following the gifts of the spirit of God in evidence. The Bible says we should be laying hands on on the sick. We haven't seen any healings. The Bible says that out of your mouth shall flow rivers of living water. We're supposed to be speaking life and speaking prophetically 
uh, help and healing into people's lives. And yet the Holy Spirit, we didn't see much of that going on at all. I'm not even sure the conversions where people heard a 28-minute sermon on something and then they gave their hearts to Jesus in a 10-second altar call. I'm not sure what type of transformation takes place during that. I'm expecting to see the power of God unleashed in America. And we have another great opportunity right now with the death of this uh, man up in Minnesota. The church has an opportunity to come out and speak out and get out of the closet and give the saints something to focus on. Give them, uh, whether it's a call to national repentance for uh, the violence that we're exhibiting, whether it's a call to national repentance for the abortions that we've been doing. It's, it's just so much time has passed and we've done nothing about it. Our leaders, they're living lives. They preach on faith. They demand excellence. Yet when the rubber met the road, they shrunk back from the confrontation. We've compromised our faith. We have been motivated by fear rather than faith. Don't you see what we're doing? We're scared of losing our sheep and our flocks and our accounts are going to go down. Our income's going to go down. And so we're not doing what we should be doing for fear that our congregations would shrink. And yet at the end of the day, you go to church, you've only got half filled with church. It's already shrunk. And all you've done is nothing. It's so important that you start getting back to the Word of God and doing what God's called you to do. Because of our cowardly positions, the church lacks the spiritual integrity to demand that our nation repent of our sins. When we live falsely, when we preach one thing and we live another way, when we refuse to call for repentance from our congregations, we actually strengthen the hands of evildoers. I'll read that right here. In Jeremiah 23, verse 14. And God's talking to the prophets. He's not talking to the sinners in Israel. He's talking to the so-called church, or he's talking to the children of Israel, his prized possession. And among the prophets of Jerusalem, I've seen something horrible. They commit adultery. They live a lie. They strengthen the hands of evil Jews so that none of them turns from their wickedness. That's what's happening in our churches today because we are scared to preach the truth because we are compromising the Word of God, because we are letting the world tell us what we can do and when we can do it in our churches, we are strengthening the hands of evildoers and we're preventing repentance. We are not allowing them to turn back from their wickedness. That's what God said about Israel. The exact same thing is happening in America today. Verse 15, Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says concerning the prophets. I will make them eat bitter food and drink poisoned water. Because from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. Look at this again. We're actually working for Satan. Because of the prophets, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. Not only do the false leaders not do the work of the Lord, not only do they strengthen the hands of the evildoers, but they also hinder the work of repentance and they promote the spread of ungodliness. I mean... I just want somebody to tell me the truth. I go to church. I want to know the truth. I turn on the radio, listen to uh, ministers. I want to know the truth. I know I can open up my Bible and get the truth. Thank God for the word of God. Verse 16. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. Of course, there were real prophets back in those days. Jeremiah was one. Ezekiel, many others. That They got their stuff in the Bible. Of course, they were real. They were real prophets today. But you're going to know them because what they're saying will line up to the word of God. I would love to tell you, I would love to tell you that America is going to be restored back to righteousness. I would love, I would love nothing better. I would love to tell you that there is going to be worldwide revival before the rapture of the church. I would love to prophesy to you that America is going to see an influx into the body of Christ. I would love to tell you that. 
Many of them are telling you that already. They're filling you with hope. That's false. One translation says that when you listen to them, they make you worthless. There is no biblical promise that America comes through this. There is no scriptural basis for believing things are going to get better. Absent a national call for repentance, it is impossible because God must honor his word. I don't care what the most famous preacher in America says. You have got to line up to the word of God. If you can't line up to the word of God, the Bible says that's not neutral. You are causing unrighteousness to be promoted in the land. That's not neutral. You are spreading ungodliness throughout the land. That's not neutral. You're keeping people from turning from their wickedness. That is not neutral. And the Bible says you're leading God's people astray. The biggest problem in America, not an absent church, a wicked church leadership that's taking people away from the purposes of God. They keep saying to those who are against me, says the Lord, they say you will have peace to the ungodly and to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts. And they say they're telling them no harm will come. We're going to get through this. It's going to get better and better and better. Here, Jeremiah is about to tell those who are in rebellion against God that they are not in trouble, that they are in no danger. <laughs> we are in great danger in America. Don't you guys get it? Don't you know what's... I mean, you know, well, people say, I just can't wait to get back to normal. Pastors are talking about that. No, I don't want to get back to normal. What are you, nuts? We're in deep trouble. Normal, normal. We kill 3,000 babies in the womb a day. Normal, we promote, we pay for, we sanction, we approve of homosexuality. I read a survey the other day that 50% of all church members under 30 believe that uh, homosexual marriage is fine. Do you understand that? that? Don't we know our Bibles? This is crazy. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord? This is great. Who of them are hearing from God? Who's talking to God? Who's praying? You know, the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek my face, seek my face. We just don't pray, God says. God says, I want you to find me. I want you to meet with me. I want to have some fellowship. I want to talk to you. You just don't get up and make a couple of prayers, get up, get your cup of coffee and get out of the room. I want you to find me when you pray. I am there, saith the Lord. You say, well, I can't find God. The Bible says God seeketh those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. You start worshiping the Lord, God will hunt you down like a heat-seeking missile. But he wants to talk to us, especially our leaders. The wicked man, those who despise God, mm, he's in huge trouble. And it's because the church is not speaking the truth. Don't we have hearts for these guys to get them saved? Don't we have a passion for the lost? They need to hear the truth. In today's America, truth is that the return of Jesus is imminent. You say that. You preach that from the pulpit. But his wrath is about to occur on a grand scale that's never been seen before. Yet we are stuck in our old God is good all the time mode. Jesus loves everybody, which he doesn't. Read Psalm 5.5. That'll tell you he doesn't love everybody. Yet we are stuck in this mode. You know, these statements don't help anyone, and they're not the gospel. Don't we care about the truth? Don't we care about the people that God sends across our path? We're saved now. Thank God. Hallelujah. But there are billions more that are going to hell unless they get an intervention from the people who know the truth. We run from persecution and affliction. Our main Christian goal is not to lose anybody through offense or challenge. Mm. We treat judgment. Oh, boy. Like it's the plague. We don't dare challenge sin uh, anywhere. And our world suffers and it's fast-tracking to hell because of our compromise and our cowardice. Shame on us. Shame on us. Look at this. Jeremiah 23. The angle of the Lord will not turn back until he full accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, 
you're going to understand it clearly that God says, I did not send these false prophets. Yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them. Yet they have prophesied. And I'm just not talking about the prophets anymore. God includes in this the priests. He includes the pastors, the shepherds, and the prophets. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people. Do you see what God's saying? If they took the time to get a hold of me, if they took the time to open up the word of God, if they took the time to pray, to fast, to seek my face, they would understand what I want them to tell the world. And it's the same message that God wants to tell the world today. I don't think you've ever seen America in worse shape than this. I am including world wars. I am including any other type of sickness that may have invaded our land. I am um, including the 60s and the 80s when the drug culture and the rebellion was manifested. But this is where we are in America today. And here is the message. The message is in verse 22, um, Jeremiah 23. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people. And they would have turned those people from their evil ways. And they would have turned those people from their evil deeds. God is saying, I want the prophets to warn the people about what's happening. I want the priests. I want the shepherds, the pastors. I want you to warn the people that everything is happening today is to get your attention because judgment is here. You know, we don't fear America's destruction because of global warming. No, that's not going to happen. We don't have a fear about America's destruction because of the China virus. No, that's not going to happen either. I don't fear America's destruction because of any world wars that may be in the offing. I fear America's destruction. The greatest peril facing America today is not any of those. The greatest peril facing America today is the soon coming wrath of God. Now, we are not appointed unto wrath. You and I who are saved, born again, who are listening to God, who will respond to the trump of God when he calls us home. But what about the people that are left behind? What about our children? What about the guys you do business with, folks? Huh? What about the housewives that have friends in their bridge club or their Bible studies that aren't aware of the danger they are in by sitting under false teachers, false prophets, false pastors? God places the blame for the troubles of Israel squarely on the shoulders of the false prophets and the false priests. I mean, is why do you think today is any different? Is that not a warning for America today? If that stood alone, you know, it might give you pause, but it doesn't stand alone. It's got the evidence of the inactivity of the church over the last 90 days. We haven't done anything. We haven't resisted. We've let them tell us everything we want to do. A few bold men in, of God who are withstood the evil, the demonic orders from the government, they stood against it. And I don't think we stood with them. I know Rodney Howard Brown did. I don't know the, how much support he got. But there are people out there that have made a bold stand for God, and these are the people that we need to follow through. Pastor Juan Bustamante in Houston, Pastor John Griner, Pastor Steve Riggle, some fine men that stood and said, no, we're not going to bow down to the fear of man. No, God did not tell me to close this church. No, I'm not going to do it. We need to make sure that we're hearing and operating in faith and not in fear. 
Let me read that again. Here the Lord is saying to the leaders of Israel, the shepherds and the prophets, you haven't sought me to know the truth. You haven't asked for my counsel, yet you swiftly and blindly spoke to the people claiming to speak for God. Then God tells us the message for his people, which is the same message for us in America today. Then God tells us it's been the same for 6,000 years. The message has been the same ever since Jesus Christ came in 2,000 years ago. But even before that, the message was the same to the people that were destroyed in the flood. He told it to Israel, and now he's telling uh, telling it to us. The message is repent. My prophetic message is repent. If we bothered to seek God's face, we would have heard him say, turn back from your evil ways and your evil deeds, and we would have a chance of rallying this nation. It's so important that we get in the word of God and we respond. Remember, God's first move towards you is grace. Thank you, Jesus. But our first move towards him, it has got to be repentance. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're taking this to heart. It is so important. Come back next Sunday night and we'll got some more good stuff for you. I'm Ron Guyer. These are End Time Insights. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.